Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Sell Better Daily Sales Show. We are so glad that you're here with us today. Welcome in if it's your first time. We do this every single day, same time, same place. You can check out our entire list of shows by scanning that QR code or visiting sellbetter.xyz. If you're coming back again, welcome back. We would love for you to open up your chat, change it to everyone, and tell us where you're tuning in from. We like to see where everybody's at. I'm in cloudy Raleigh, North Carolina today, but we have such an awesome show in store. So grab your water, your tea, your beverage of choice, snuggle into your chair, and let's talk about cold outbound sequences. I have two phenomenal guests for you today. Jill and Mattia are going to share all of their knowledge and wisdom, give us some sneak peeks into what they're doing in terms of cold outbound. But before I let you chat with them, quick shout out and thank you to our fabulous partners, Gong, JB Sales, and Vidyard. Thank you so much for making these shows possible. Quick drop in the chat from us. Oh, yeah. And yes, Kelly, all ladies coming at you today. Um, quick drop in the chat here. If you're using Gong and you haven't checked out Gong Engage, or maybe you haven't used Gong and you're interested, Gong Engage guides you as a rep using AI. So it recommends like next steps for you. You can check it out. We dropped a link in the chat for you. And let's see what we're talking about today. Okay, cold outbound. We're going to talk about are there things that aren't working right now? Um, we've got an awesome blueprint that we're going to share with you. I know um, we're we're going to comment throughout the whole thing, talk about why, talk about breaking it down, and then just some tips, like maybe a, a few hot takes from Mattia and Jill so that we can hear what they think and what they're doing. But first off, ladies, welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having us. I'm so excited to be here. Give me your like yeah, princess wave. <laughs> and actually, I have my blur on, so that's when my hands sometimes disappear. But <laughs> very happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. And I didn't realize until someone said it in the chat that it's all girls, which usually doesn't happen that often, at least not on the webinars that I'm on. Um, so I'm very proud, actually, that we're all girls. Yeah, yes. Represent. Powerful all-female panel. Um, we actually want to know who's in the room with us, too. So we're going to launch a poll really quick. Tell us what title or what role, where you sit in. And um, if it's not on the list, you can definitely throw that in the chat for us as well. We love to see it. Really quick, as we're letting this poll roll in, um, I am so interested to hear from you both. Like, Do you feel like there's something that maybe worked for you for a long time in terms of outbound and is just like not hitting the mark right now? So with outbound, the biggest changes, I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years. So when I speak from the past, it's quite a while ago, but I think it goes without saying you can't do spray and pray. You have to be very intentional about what you're saying, who you're sending it to, what's that target and what's the purpose? Because honestly, it used to work. You could send some type of generic template and you were gifted with replies, but now you have to work much, much harder for them. So again, I know that goes without saying, but you have to be intentional and you can't be lazy. Yeah. 
beautiful. Yeah, 100%. I can also just echo that. I remember when I started as an SDR um, and I was sending sort of like spray and spray, uh, spray, and spray methods out um, and you would still get like a couple of replies here and there and you'd still book a couple of meetings. But now like it just doesn't work anymore. And I feel like you actually really have to put in the work which I like because I like putting in the work into outbound prospecting. I think it's so much more fun than just hitting send on like in a boring email, sending out to like a thousand people. I love being creative at like actually really, you know, standing out in your prospect's inbox. And I feel like now that it's become so crowded and everyone's like budgets are freezing, like there's so much more attention on doing things like that. And reps are actually really kind of really understanding that that's what you have to do now, which is also something that I can see in my inbox. Like, I feel like people are prospecting me and it's quite getting better and better and better every time because people are actually putting in the work and actually thinking about what they're doing, which is something that I love. So it's actually a positive take on that. And I love that beautiful sentiment. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I love you mentioned the creative aspect because when people ask, why, you know, how have you been in this SDR world for so long? How did you know this was your path? And what I love most about it is every day should be different. I would be so bored if all I did was click send, do this, do that. The excitement and thrill of being an SDR and going outbound and writing these messages is we have an opportunity every day to shake things up, find somebody new, find something interesting, learn something. So I'm, I just wanted to, to comment on that because that's why we're here and that's why we should be here. Yeah, I always think like, what can we do that the computer can't do? How can we like not be a robot? <laughs> like, what's that? What, what's that human differentiator? That's what I always say when people are asking me like, oh, Mattia, what do you think? Like, are we all going to be out of jobs because of AI and like ChatGPT and all of these things now? And I'm like, no, you won't because they won't be able to, you know, come up with all the, the, the creative things that we are able to come up and they won't be like ChatGPT doesn't have a personality like we do. Like I'm such a big fan of actually putting your personality and your vibe and like your, your, your way of living into your outbounding and into your prospecting because it's also so much more fun than just sending boring emails. I've seen that be a huge differentiator and I'm curious like what are um your personal like top one or two things where you're like um these are must haves when I'm doing personalization because I feel like everybody's a little bit different where you go look for things what information but like Mattia like you said I'm seeing the reps who like uh, I was guilty I did this where I'm like I have to sound a certain way or I have to sound professional and I do think that like you have to take into consideration industry or the title that's buying from you, but you can still infuse your personality. What are like your top one or two things where you're like, this is a must have when you're personalizing? Mattia, you want to kick us off? No, I don't. I don't know if um, if it's uh, if this has something to do with personalizing, but I always try to make my prospect smile in some sort of way. Like mm. I always try to like crack a joke because that's usually who I am as a person, right? I like. I'm quite positive. I try to be funny. Some people I'm not say I'm not funny, but I think I'm pretty funny. So I'm always like, you know, I'm trying to like put like a like a little wink in there or a little joke in there, so that when my prospects open uh, opens my my email or my voice note or whatever, they are not like Ugh, another sales manage message, but they're like, mm, it's kind of different. Like I like it, or they laugh about it, right? Like I think one of the reasons why like my personal brand grew on LinkedIn was because I started sending memes 
to uh, to my prospects. Um, and at the time, no one really was doing that. I was like, I sent like a hundred memes to my best friends. Why shouldn't I send a meme to like my my prospects, right? So I started instead of like saying, hey, do you have this and that problem? I started sending a meme depicting that problem. And people would be like, like, I'm selling to Germans, right? And Germans are usually known to like not be funny or not take humor well. And whoa, <laughs> balloons. Um, <laughs> kind of fits the vibe. But balloons for the Germans. Yeah, even for like chief data officers that are Germans in my in my case, they also like a laugh and like they they are always appreciative if um and then even when they come onto a meeting with me, they're like, Oh, I was kinda looking forward to this meeting because I thought it was gonna be a fun meeting, not like a boring meeting, right? So I think even the tone of your 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 voice when you're prospecting if you make that fun and if you bring in your personality, they're also looking forward to the meeting much more. Um, so that's something that I always put in there um, in terms of personalization and personality into my prospecting. Perfect. Jill, what about you? Anything to add? Yeah, I mean, that's tough to follow. I love that as well because you don't want to be that generic message that somebody's getting 50 of the same day because you're not going to stand out. So when you are personalizing, you have to make sure it's also about them. Or if that's not your the style you're going after, at least that persona. You need to make sure that they know you're a human. I know we were just joking about AI, but AI isn't always going to do that. I've seen a lot of AI templates where I'm like, oof, I would never send that. That is a swing and a miss because there is nothing special about it. It's too verbose. It's sometimes using words that I'm like, if I need to Google what that word means, well, how does my prospect feel about that? We have to remember we're humans communicating with humans. And it's funny, Leslie, something you said that brought me back to when I first started was, what is my tonality? Are they going to think that I'm the B word? Are they going to think, you know, I was mean or harsh or, and it's really just having the confidence that you can clearly articulate everything that you want to say and don't overthink it. You know, what you're saying, you know, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So don't overthink the messaging that you're trying to portray because, you know, you might be speaking with people who are very similar to you in so many ways. So be yourself because that's where you're going to get those those triggers and you're going to be like, wow, like I like that too. I think we think everybody's so different when we all have similar goals and we're all here to do a really good job. So just be you because you'd be surprised on the similarities and the interest you catch from that. Are you telling me I'm not different and special? I'm just no, I'm kidding. I'm not. You know I love you so deeply. That is not what I'm saying. I'm kidding. At all. I think you are wonderful. Um, everybody, right? Like everyone has that thing though. And I love this human nature. Jill, um, you were sharing with Mattia and I in our pre-call just this magic of visualizing and writing out our sequences. So I want to share a screenshot that you shared with us. And can you just kind of walk us through what you were sharing about like this visualization here. Yeah. So this is beautifully done from Excel. Nothing fancy. <laughs> so this is something that I always like to call out because it can be hard when you're starting to write a sequence. I'm not sure if you have enablement or support or other teams that do this for you. I never had that. So when I was an SDR, at first I was like, geez, I don't know how many calls to do, how many emails, when should I actually approach the situation and on how many steps and across how many days. So I always say, if you're unsure, create a calendar and write it out. Think about what day one should look like, day two, how many days in between. Remember that you also have weekends in the mix, so that can cause other spaces. But 
if you break it out per day with your steps, with your emails, how many that falls into each week, that's also going to help you plug it into your sequencing tool that much easier. So this is just one example that I used from a, a PLG outbound motion, and it's intentionally not too heavy. But this is a really good first step of, are you being too much? Or maybe are you not being enough? Where is that sweet spot where you know you're being that little birdie in their ear? So they're going to start to recognize you, your name, your brand, your offering without hounding them and irking them to the point they're like, oh, another one. Or I haven't heard from you in three weeks. Like, who the heck are you? I forget. So write a visual because this is a really helpful tip for, again, people who are unsure. And then after you've done it enough, it's all just going to be in your brain. And then you're going to bang sequences out without having to do this. Mattia, I love this. You would add. No, I love this. And I love the visualizing this because I always say to people, I'm like, put yourself into your prospect shoes and think about like, how would you want to be prospected, right? Like for me, for example, and it's actually funny because you said this is not as heavy. Um, for me, this would be very heavy, right? An email every yeah. day. Uh, or like a call step every day and also the Germans would uh, get uh, super annoyed at this because we are a lot more like calm on these things right but like really putting yourself into in, into your prospect shoes and think about okay how many emails would I be okay with in a week when would I think okay this is annoying now right and I don't think many people do that actually putting yourself into your prospect shoes um, same with like the channels like what kind of channels do I want to be prospected on, right? Like, um, I think this is something that um, we should really, really, really do and writing that out and visualizing it and going through the steps yourself obviously helps you with that. So absolutely can echo that tip. And you should also do this for different, any type of prospecting. You know, is this an inbound lead where they're expecting immediate contact from you? Is it a cold outbound who maybe has, has never heard of you? Is it going to be a free user through a PLG motion? Is this somebody based on intent data where you have that reason to reach out? So that can also help you orchestrate each step and how you want that sequence to be because all of those examples, they should all be expecting a different type of outreach. So that's where you can't treat everybody the same. Again, an inbound, they want you to reach out now and frequently where an outbound, if you do it that much, they might be like, oh, geez, like you're driving me nuts. So I'm, I'm blocking you right now. And we do not want to get marked as spam. So we have to be very intentional. Yeah, I I think that that's been like in the news a lot lately with all of these email clients kind of changing their rules. And the one that stands out to me, it's not even about like volume. It's like if someone marks you as mean, <laughs> for lack of a better term, like if you're if you get that check mark, if like it's less than three percent, then you're stuck in this spam filter and you're not going to be able to break through on your whole domain. So with so many reps depending on your company size, like that could be a big challenge. I want to throw out another poll really quick and ask because of that, or just right now for you personally, what's your like number one focus when you're doing cold outreach? Are you switching it up from email? Are you going more towards phone or social? I know like Jill in this one, you had email and calls. Do you um, kind of like get out and do something else? And before we go to that, I want to just quickly mention, if you have questions, um, if you could put them, there's a Q&A tab at the bottom. It's easier to see if they go in the Q&A tab versus um, the chat here. Lyle, I love that you bring up multi-channel here. But let's talk. Um, uh, 
anything specific that's like really standing out to you as a channel that's shining for either of you right now? Yeah, I can jump in. So it's all in the data. This is going to be different for everybody. It depends on who you're targeting. And so what I can say might not be as relatable to you, but what I can speak to is I did an audit. I have every single time my SDRs book a qualified meeting, they can't convert that in Salesforce until they say, was it phone, email, LinkedIn? Yeah, that's it, right? All three. (laughs) So I track that so I can pull a quick Salesforce report. And now I know 30% of our demos come from phone, 19% are just through email exchanges, and 50% are from Zoom meetings. That was the other one I forgot. I I knew I was forgetting something. But that's where I know we need to be really strong in email because those Zoom meetings are happening as a prospect clicks book time uh, through the email that we send from our signature, and then 50% are coming there. So that's where we know those emails need to be very attractive, need to get in that inbox, I need to read them, Because I can chalk it up to 69% of our meetings that are getting booked are from an email source. So that's really what we focus. Yep. Yeah. And for us, for some reason, LinkedIn just doesn't work. I think we just get lost in some of the noise because we prospect to people who everybody else prospects to on LinkedIn because our ICP is very LinkedIn heavy. Got it. Yeah. Tia, different. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's always different for every, like you said, right, for every industry that you work in, for every company that you work for. I think um, I always preach multi-channel approach, always, like, no matter if you think, uh, I don't know if LinkedIn works for me, like, still included, like, always have the three channels in there because that just maximizes your chances of booking a meeting, right? For me, I have to say that I do most of my stuff on LinkedIn just because, um what we've discussed before, like the the email deliverability and all of these kind of things. I, I don't really like doing uh, email approaches because it's not been working for me too well. And I also like on LinkedIn, I have so many more possibilities. I can send a voice note. I can send a video. I can send a picture. I can interact with them, right? I can reference like a post. I can comment on their posts. That way, I, that's why I love doing LinkedIn. And I mean, um, I did. I actually did like an email campaign last week and a LinkedIn campaign. So I sent 20 emails and sent 20 voice notes on LinkedIn. I booked one meeting through email and 15 meetings through LinkedIn voice notes, which was crazy. Like, you know, like for me doing these things, I sometimes get tempted thinking like, oh, maybe I should stop doing email and just do LinkedIn. But then I always have to remind myself, no, every meeting counts. I should do all of them, right? But I focus more on personalization on LinkedIn and more on automation on email because I want to put my focus and my energy on the channel that works best for me. Um, So definitely always use all three of them and um, use everything that you can use. Like I see so many people get back to me and they're like, oh, this has actually been the first voice note that anyone has ever sent to me. And I'm like, why are reps not doing this? Like, you need to do these things, like, right? Um, so be creative, stand out um, in your outreach. And if you if you feel like, oh, not many people do this, then this is your sign to actually go do it because that's the way that you're going to stand out, especially in today's world. I was like totally against voice and video and someone challenged me probably four years ago and we did like a full like data challenge. Mm-hmm. It's now my highest converting channel and I was right. so against it. 
Right. So like I'm And you know why? You can bring your personality into it. You can, you know, I always tell people like the other day I had a voice note workshop and someone did a voice note and he was talking into it like, Yes, hello, um I want to book a meeting and I'm like, No, this is your time to actually bring out your personality. Like smile before you hit that record button, whether that is video or whether that is a voice note. And like bring the energy on. Like this is the one channel where you can actually transfer energy instead of just text. So use that to your advantage. I want to talk about a couple things that came up on our pre-call too about like what are some things when we're doing cold outbound sequences, like what are some things we should always do, some things we should never do. So I'm going to throw these up on the screen. But Jill, do you want to get us kicked off with like one or two that you really want to focus on? Sure. So Starting with number one, you have to have a goal for your sequence. You know, what is the main purpose of your outreach? Is it to book a demo? Is it to get a referral? Is it to schedule a call? Maybe you're trying to get registrants for an event or a webinar. You have to have a goal because that's going to help you establish what your CTAs are. If you don't have a goal or you're not asking for something or you're not pushing the prospect to take action towards your goal, then what's the point? You're not going to have any of the results if you're not driving towards what that goal should be. So again, above all else, you have to establish your goals so that way you can have your messaging set appropriately. Um, and then even, you know, we've talked about it, but the personal the personalization, you have to be meaningful and relevant. It's not, hey, Jill, so great. You went to West Virginia University. Go Mountaineers. Hey, let's talk about my AI sales tool. What? Like, that has nothing to do with what your tool is. But if it's going to be something along the lines, hey, Jill, I listened to a podcast or a webinar where you talked about data providers and your take on them. Did you know that Rocket Reach is a data provider to help you through that? I mean, I'm just using examples of my own company here, but you get my point. You have to bring the personalization into what your offering is. Otherwise, just don't even send it. Right. Right. And I mean, I could just keep going too. even just for the the audience piece, too. You have to know who your audience is. I know we touched on it a little bit before, but is it inbound? Is it outbound? Was it intent? Did they sign up for a free version of your software? What is the audience that you're going after? And also, you know, what hours do they work? What is your ICP look like? And I use an example of a previous company that I worked for. They were all field service professionals. They're not at their desk. They're not on LinkedIn. They're not, you're not going to reach them that way. They might be a construction worker in a hole. You're lucky if you catch them on their flip phone that you can't even sell a, a mobile app to. So you have to have a good understanding of all of that or else you're going to just swing and miss. Yeah. I like, um, I was talking to a group yesterday and we were talking about like finding the person who you're selling to in your own company or in your personal life and just like talking to them about what gets their attention, what gets their response. I feel like that's such a great way to really get to know your audience. Like, hey, open up your email. Does any of these catch your attention? Like you, you can show your sequence with them and like see if anything would grab them. I think it's such a great idea. We actually do that all the time here. And I have to tell you, there was this one example and granted it was a what not to do. And this SDR wrote an email that they were too nervous to pick up the phone and they typed out a whole cold scroll script in the email of their ideal scenario. It was precious, but I was like, oh, geez, this is not how you how you go after a CTO. But you can learn a lot of what to do and also things to avoid. So I love you brought you, you brought that up because there's so much internal learning. 
Mattia, anything that you would add to that? Like, make sure you're always doing this before you do your cold outbound. Yeah, I am. Um, what what I always tell people is like, you really, really, really need to make it about them and not about you. There's so many messages where it's literally like, I do this and I think this and. You know, it's we do this and this is our value proposition. And I always tell people, go for your sequence, go for any email or LinkedIn message that you're sending and check how many times have you used I pronouns? Like how many times have you used I, we, and how many times have you used you, you have this problem, um, you want to get a better return of investment, blah, 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 blah. And really, if there's too many eyes, if there's more eyes in us, then you and them then rewrite the entire thing. Like really put your prospect, because in the end, no one cares about your company. No one cares about what you do, right? They all just care about what's in it for them, and which is something I didn't understand when I first started as an SDR. I was always like, but we are such a great company. Like everyone wants to know about us, right? And that's like a natural thing, I think, that you do in the beginning until you realize that no one cares about you. Everyone cares about themselves. And if you don't have anything that you can offer them that's going to make their life better, that is about them, then no one's going to take a meeting with you. Um, so that's one of the biggest mistakes I see people do, making it about themselves rather than about their prospects. It's easy. It's an easy thing to talk about ourselves, right? And it's like, we want to share all that we have. And especially if you really love your organization, what you have to offer, but Everyone loves hearing about and talking about themselves, which brings us to the nevers. Let's do this. And while we're pulling this up, if you have questions, you can stick them in that Q&A tab. You can also do a thumbs up and that will upvote the ones that you want to hear answered first. So we'll start with the ones that have the most upvotes and go from there. But when we're talking about some things never to do, like I think there's some... Um, some on this list that it's like, you got to follow your data again. You got to do what's right for you. But let's talk about them and talk about some opinions here. Jill, you want to kick us off? Yeah. So starting with one, I am not a fan of the generic bump up emails. And this also goes hand in hand with do not say I hope all is well in your first email. <laughs> you, oh, just please. When I see that, I just cringe on the inside and the outside you don't know me. I don't know you. I don't think you care if I'm well or not. You care about the sale. You have to build rapport with somebody before you're ever going to do that. So please, you only have so many words that you're going to get in that email. Do not waste valuable real estate on that. And even the bump up email. Any thoughts? What do you think? Are you interested? That's just screams auto step in a sequence. I have no value and nothing better to say. So I am just hoping you're going to be like, you know what? Yeah, here are my thoughts. They've been probably ignoring you ever since. So maybe you didn't pro provide enough value then. Thoughts, question mark, there is zero value in that. So if that's all you have to send, don't even don't even waste uh, an email credit for the day. So um, again, if you're going to do that bump up a reply, focus on something that you can bring and relevant that you haven't messaged. You always want to have at least one really good, strong focus point. Save it for your bump up. You know, what else can you add to that original message? That's just going to make that a stronger case that they do want to speak with you. And even along those lines, you have to avoid your spam trigger words. Just do a Google search. I'm sure a million hits will come up. But if you look like a used car salesman icky ad, that's probably what you're coming across as. And you are going to be, you know, you're going to get 
you're going to get into the spam. So you really have to be intentional to use words that are going to differentiate from that like flashy used car salesman person. And and we even talked about showing up and throwing up, you know, don't show up and hi, I do this. We do this. This is so great. I do that. Nobody cares. And I know, Mitzia, you really just spoke so well to that. So I can move past it, but make it about them. We talked about the relevance and personalization because without that, it's not going to matter. And even I'll throw an example out of, you know, what is in it for them? It can't just be verbatim. I can't tell you the emails I see. I'm going to save you time and money. That's what everybody says. Why don't you take it a step further and explain to me why? Because that's where that value and that personalization is really going to sink in. And again, think about it from the perspective if you're on your phone, you're lucky to get two thumb swipes that people are reading. Otherwise, nobody has time for it. There's too many messages getting sent. So you have to be very intentional that it's concise, concrete, and then you, you know, you'll see some of the results you're desired. Yeah, I know. Jerrica sent a message to the host, but like there are people who are getting a really great response from Bump. I do think it's about like knowing what that sounds like, what that looks like for you, looking at your data, being able to say yes or no, or like, is this working for me? Um, and then like the word feedback, I've seen a lot of companies who have a much higher response rate to the word feedback instead of thoughts. Um, but just like if you're testing, if you're doing a test, if you're not getting a single response or any favorable responses from bump emails, that's when it's like, maybe we try something different. I don't know, Mattia, do you have strong feelings about a bump email? Yeah, I mean, I definitely share um share uh, uh, the same thoughts as Jill, like the, uh, any thoughts, like you have this like probably 15 times in your inbox a day, right? Uh, when when I was in SDR for Sales Loft, um, I um, took a different approach of the bump email and I made it, I made like a GIF where I'm sitting at like a table and I'm just waiting or I would send like a skeleton and I would be like, huh, I'm still waiting for your reply. And that got really good responses because it was Again, it was a bump email and some people were like, hey, you know what, I, I I didn't have time. I was jumping in between meetings and then I forgot about it because, I mean, they don't know me um, and they didn't ask me to send them an email, right? So that can absolutely happen. And then I sent them a meme, I made them laugh and they were like, huh, this is actually really funny. Like, let me go and uh, speak to you again. So I think, again, it's about not making it obvious that... Um, you were doing the same thing as everyone else is doing and that you that this is an automated email, right? Um, again, I think the more effort you put into your outbound prospecting, the more you're going to get rewarded. And if you just put an automated email two days later saying, hey, any feedback of this, I don't know how much that's going to come from from, from there. Um, again, I think it's always about standing out um, and finding new ways on doing things. I know we are... Getting, we have like 15 minutes left. I want to do a quick hot seat um, and share some of these emails, Jill, that you show us your response rate. So we're going to do like quick style through there and we'll head to the Q&A. But can you get ready to screenshot if you want, if you're a screenshot person. Um, Jill, can you just share like a little background, walk us through these two emails? Yes. So this is for the PLG motion that we're doing outbound towards because we get so many free users. So that's the best intent that we can go after. So this email got 7.9% replies. And that's because we're talking about the usage the company is already doing. And the fact that it is on a very limited plan. 
So I'm calling out, maybe they're using somebody else. We're not sure, but that's going to get their interest right away because it's not going to, it's specific to that organization. And it's also talking about, you know, is it going to be helpful if I show you features you don't have access to just yet? They may not be aware that they are on such a limited plan because they signed up really quickly for free. And I also was intentional about the soft CTA. It's not shoving a demo down their throat. It's not demanding they take a meeting. It's just simply saying, is this worth exploring? If yes, why don't we have a, a brief chat? And that's really what the difference was, is it was just calling out specifics for the company, you know, what's resonating with them and not being too pushy at the end. And this was the before? No, this was an A-B test because I always ask a lot of people to throw their hats in the ring. So that way I'm not the only one writing everything. This unfortunately got zero replies. And you can notice it looks different. That big section in the middle, that is harder to digest. This is all about rocket reach. This is a strong CTA to schedule a demo. Nobody cares that we have 71 badges on G2. We wanted to test it and see, but the, the zero was in the or the the proof was in the zero replies. Nobody cares. This is way too much about us. So that just proves the fact that you have to make it about them because nobody cares about you. And again, unfortunately, zero percent reply on that one. Yeah. And I think like following that data is so important, right? Like being able to look at that. So I want to jump over to the Q&A. We'll run through as many as we can here. Um, Ned asked, I suspect our emails are getting caught in spam or corporate filters. Um, turn tracking on and off. Any tips like any anything you're doing or your teams are doing around deliverability or spam? So it's just like you said, you have to avoid the obvious with the words, with too many links, um, too many pictures, too many attachments. I said it earlier, but try to have one focus per message. Don't say, here's a PDF and here's a video and here's this and click that and go back to the web. Like That is just screaming spam. Have one straightforward focus for every email. So that way it's going to lessen the chances of you ending in spam. And also you have to A-B test everything. And honestly, this has been a challenge that we've had. We've had a lot of challenges with our Gmails getting shut down. And this was, you know, the first time I ever experienced it. If you're newer to an organization or your sales team, you have to warm up your emails. I learned this the hard way. Do not think you can come in and outbound to 500 people in a day. No, you are going to get shut down and flagged. Start with 25 and you have to slowly ease it up. And again, I share this because when I started this 10 years ago, that wasn't a thing. And then I fast forward to after the pandemic and I was like, six people got shut down today. Like that's a problem. And so again, just avoid those obvious spam words. And if it seems, if it makes you feel icky, it's probably icky. <laughs> so yeah. follow your gut. And work with your IT team. Um, Mattia Dawson asked, when you're using voice and video on LinkedIn, what's that initial message sound like for you? I know you dropped um, something in the chat earlier, but do you have just like a quick that you would do on your first touch? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I said it in the chat. I keep it super conversational. Like I am not a big fan of like writing like a crazy script. Like I literally just stand in my house and I'm like, hey, Leslie, like so good to meet you. I'm, like a lot of the times I reach out to female sales So I'm like, hey, it's so nice to reach out to female sales because you know there's not that many of us in the space. Was wondering if you are having the same problem as other people are having in the space. Is this happening to you as well? Would love to chat to you done. Wishing you a great day. And that's it. And I think it's really 
I think it's almost a little bit more important about the vibe and the energy that you give off in these voice notes rather than what you actually say, right? Um, so I put I would put more of a focus like if I have a bad day and I'm in a really bad mood, I don't send videos and I don't send voice notes because then I'm just like, you know, I'm not going to have the same energy as if I'm having a good day. So every time I'm having a good day, I'm like, today is a good day for voice notes because I will be able to transfer my energy and my prospect will feel that on the other side. Um, so I wouldn't even think about it too much, right? I think sometimes we're overthinking our messaging and we're overthinking um, how and what we're going to say. Um, just do it and just speak as though you're speaking to a friend that you're trying to help because that's what we're doing in the end, right? We are helping other people solve their problems and just pretend like that's your friend that you are trying to help with that. Um, keep a conversation and keep it light. Keep it cool. Well, it's not too long. People aren't going to listen to a 12-minute. Actually, it cuts you off on voice notes. You that's only have one minute, which is great. That's it. You only have one minute, which is absolutely great. Um, and you keep it to that one minute. Um, yep. Okay. Um, next question in here says, how are you tracking meetings that you book via LinkedIn? And I know it kind of depends on your CRM, but do you have fields that I know, Jill, you mentioned that you have a field that you have everyone mark, right? I do. So we built our Salesforce in a way that it says booking method, and then it's a drop down of all the sources and the channels that we use. So we have it hard coded to be mandatory. So my team can't convert without selecting where the meeting came from. And I understand not everybody has the capabilities to do that right now because sales ops teams are so busy. But I also, another side note, I always just keep a demo log on the side when you book a meeting because you never want your CRM to have a, a, an unintentional glitch that could compromise your quota. Always keep a log. And even if you just have to jot it down there, that's at least, I mean, it's not easily reportable, but at least that's another way that you can see where your meeting is coming from. So that way you focus on that and you know how to be coached. You know, is it more writing or is it more verbal? And you have your own data, too. That's a great point. Like having that Excel, Google Sheets, make it fancy. Um, okay. Anything different, Matia? Um, I have a tool recommendation, actually. I, um, I've only been using it for two weeks. It's called Safi, which is absolutely great. It's the best LinkedIn integration to any CRM that I've ever seen. Like it actually also like syncs messages, which not even sales loft or outreach can do oh. um, to your CRM. And that's what I use all the time because then I just click a button and I'm like, I've reached out to this person and on the LinkedIn interface, if I book a meeting with them, I press that button too. And then it goes straight into my CRM and I have everything in there. Um, so if anyone wants to check that out, I would definitely do that. It's called Serve Let me put the link as soon as we go on the next question. I'll, um, I'll link into chat um okay let's see any tips for how to start a linkedin message when you don't have contact specific triggers and ian i might be like misreading this but it's like not specific to that persona not specific to um to the exact person that you're writing. I do, like, we should point out, if you're going to send a voice or a video, you have to be first degree connected. Mm -hmm. So it does limit. I I'm don't. just curious why somebody would be sending that if there is not relevant. Yeah. Unless I misunderstood the question. <laughs> yeah, Ian, if you want to, if you want to chime in, if it's not relevant to the persona, yeah. Then why are you sending a message to them? 
I've seen a lot of people and I actually like when I get these messages, but my nature is to always help and provide as much value to others and just always to pay it forward. So I know I get messages like that, which is, hey, Jill, I'm looking for help with, you know, X, Y, and Z. I know you're so busy, but if you could, you know, share best practices, things like that. And then that's where people, they kind of, they make me feel special. So I help them. And then sometimes a pitch can come later on. And I respect the fact that they made the conversation not about the the sale, but about sales or whatever the topic was in general. So the value was in the the community aspect of the conversation. And then later on, I'm more receptive to any potential pitches. I don't know if that helps a little bit, but that's other approaches that aren't necessarily salesy for the for the sake of the message. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's two that um, I think kind of go hand in hand here. Are you adding a calendar link to your first email outreach? And then also what about like company logo or links in like your email signature, book a chat with me, hyperlinks, any of that. Are those in your first email outreach? When do you include them? Let's debate with Tia because you shook no and I'm going to be a hard yes. (laughs) You go first. I never do. I never have any links anywhere, but maybe this is also because I'm in Germany and like spam filters have always been harder over in Germany than than they are in America. Like if if you are an unknown sender and you send it to someone and you have a link in there, it goes straight to spam. So I have always never, like I've never used Calendar links. And even when I was at SalesLoft, I told them to take out everything out of my signature that has any links. And they were like, no, but we need it. And I was like, well, then that email is not going to get delivered. So I would feel like now with everything that's changing, um, maybe don't do it. Um, yeah. Definitely a hard no for me. I also think I I like I like a lot of soft CTAs. Like I like to start the conversation in like, hey, is this something that is interesting to you? Or have you ever thought about that? And then start a conversation and then can get them to convert a meeting. Um I never go straight in and say, Hey, book a meeting here because I just don't want to assume that that's interesting to them. I I'd rather start a conversation first. So we're actually the opposite. So granted, our CTA isn't always, but we we sell more in the U.S., but Mm -hmm. granted, the CTA isn't always pushing a meeting, but we actually did a test where it was part of our signature, like, you know, book time here. And then we actually added it twice and the meetings we got were skyrocketing. So what we did to go around this is we actually put a few spaces. So that way it was the top of our signature. So that way it looks like it's the bottom of every single email. And then it's again in the signature and it seems like it's redundant but our meetings when we first implemented this we went from i would say one to two meetings per day to five to six meetings per day because our prospects just had more access to book time because that's where most of our meetings come from yeah it's I funny because like it's go ahead sorry, Leslie. No, no go ahead i think that's probably also a difference in plg motion and like cold outbound as in like prospecting right um because for you, if you PL, if your PLG prospect kind of knows you already, anyways, like because they're using you or you know they went on the website. Um, so I think in in that kind of sense, I would probably also do my calendar link there. But when if it's really like a cold outbound where they've never heard about your company before, um, I would guess it's unlikely that they book a meeting straight with you into your calendar. In my experience, gotta test it. Everybody run their own tests. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. We're at the one minute mark here. So I want to know just hot seat really quick from both of you. What's the number one thing you think people should focus on when it comes to outbound after today? Quick style. Um, So I always say, don't overthink it. And we sit and practice cold call scripts all day. Write what you would say. Don't think that verbal communication versus written communication has to be any different. So believe in yourself. Don't second guess it because guess what? Nobody is perfect. There wouldn't be this many webinars and events if everybody was perfect at email. Test it out and just write what you would say. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Very good uh, hot takes. For me, it's always stand out of the crowd. Be yourself. Be funny. um, And use a multi-channel approach. Never just go single channel. Um, If you have done single channel up until now, change that into multi-channel um that's probably going to get you the best results ever beautiful both like such wonderful sentiments thank you both for sharing your time and all of your information with us today we stuck both matia and jill's linkedin's up here in the chat if you want to check it out or if your question didn't get answered and you want to message one of us i'm back tomorrow same time with brian essler we're talking about taking control of your pipeline headed into the new year you want to join us you can register there's a link in the chat but joe matia we have we have to do this more often like we need more time we can use the whole absolutely (laughs) (laughs) thank you for having us it was um thanks we'll see you soon take care everybody guys bye-bye